0: Welcome to Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com. Your host, Leonard Birdsong, is a law professor, a former diplomat, and a former federal prosecutor who's here to inform and entertain you with a mix of humor, opinion, and information. Now, here's Leonard
1: Birdsong. Hello, world. It is Leonard Birdsong, and this is Leonard Birdsong Radio. So happy to be back here with you on Talk Zone Radio. As you now know, my show is a unique blend of humor, opinion, storytelling, and information. I'll provide you, or I'll never provide you, with fake news. Everything I tell you on the air is true. Some of my dumb criminal law stories will even make you laugh out loud, but they're all true. Also, you might have some news tidbits. We've got a guest today. You're going to hear one of my stories from when I was in practice. Last week, I talked to the folks about asylum and told you some information about the law, about how one gains asylum. And I've got a story about a strange case of a lady who came to me who wanted representation representation for her asylum claim. And I'll tell you what happened. All right, let's start now with some... Stories here. First, well maybe I should make sure the peanut gallery is in place. Peanut gallery, are you there? All right, you sound like you're there. Good. Okay. Alright, folks. Okay. That, that's enough. We know you're there. Thank you. Thank you. Alright, Peanut Gallery's in place. Let's listen to some dumb news stories here. This first one comes from Nebraska. They the headline They say this alleged shoplifter couldn't get through the courthouse door without breaking more laws. The story, Joshua Weeks, 25, of the town of Beatrice, Nebraska, kept setting off the metal detector at the Gage County Courthouse near Omaha when guards allegedly spotted drug paraphernalia on him. Deputies say they found syringes and a spoon that tested positive for meth. He was coming to the courthouse on a shoplifting charge, and he brought drug paraphernalia with him. How silly. Yeah, boo indeed. Michigan, the headline is real short. Misfortune. That's the headline. Misfortune? Question mark. It's been reported that a CEO of a mental health organization in Michigan allegedly embezzled $500,000 to use on fortune tellers. Irvin Brinker is his name. He was the former head of Summit Point in Battle Creek, Michigan, and he admitted spending the money on a palm reader and her husband in Key West, Florida. We now understand that Brinker is serving 32 months in prison in Michigan. I wonder if the palm reader told him that was in his future. (laughs) (laughs) All right, a story from New Jersey. All right, it's not that funny, okay? In New Jersey, May 2016, Governor Chris Christie, the governor of New Jersey, signed into law a bill that makes upskirting. A crime, upskirting. The measure criminalizes the surreptitious recording or photographing of a person's undergarments under the state's invasion of privacy laws. It also makes the act of publishing upskirt images an offense, punishable with a prison sentence or a fine, and or a fine, it says. no upskirting. All right, okay. Here's one from New York. The headline is short. ISIS Idiot! Exclamation one. A Rochester pizzeria owner who admitted he had tried to recruit people for ISIS was sentenced in 2016 to 22 and a half years in prison. His name, Mufid Elfgi, who owned a convenience store and pizza, pizza shop, had pleaded guilty back in November to attempting to provide material support to terrorist organizations. Authorities contend he tried to recruit three people to join ISIS to fight in Syria. According to court filings, F. Elfgi has renounced ISIS since his arrest. Thank heavens. Thank heavens. Strange things in the, in the sky. Hear this story from Oklahoma. A suspicious drone bites the dust, says the headline. It's been reported that a legal drone used by a construction company to inspect gutters on a home in Edmond, Oklahoma, was shot down by a frightened woman who lived nearby. Quote, somebody thought they were spying, so the neighbor came out and shot it down with her shotgun said the spokesman from the county sheriff's office. Blam, blam, blam. Let's see. Do I have a gunshot here? I guess that's what it sounded like. All right. More stories. Here's one from Tennessee. Flighty Booze Bust. That's the headline. Flighty Booze Bust. We learned that a Delta Airlines flight attendant has been charged with stealing 1,500 mini bottles of liquor from her job and selling them online. Rachel Trevor, 28, has been indicted on charges including theft unlawful sale of alcohol and unauthorized transportation of alcohol, according to the Shelby County District's Attorney's Office. Now, the indictment further alleges that she would put small bottles in her bag after a flight and then post them for sale on Craigslist. The bottles sell for $8 on flights, but Miss Trevor was allegedly selling them for just $1 apiece. piece. Here's one with a cute headline. This story comes from Texas, folks. The headline read, what the buck? A police officer arrested a middle school student for using an allegedly fake $2 bill. However, the officer later found the bill was too old to be recognized by his counterfeit detecting pen. The zealous officer drove Danicia Neal, who was 13, out of the cafeteria after she used the legal tender to buy chicken tenders. The officer learned later that the money was real after taking it to a bank later that day. We understand the arrest was avoided, or voided, not avoided, voided. Pennsylvania. The headline, Swords and Stoned, Swords and Stoned. A one-armed man was so mad at his brother-in-law for refusing to allow him to continue to smoke marijuana at his sister's home that he slashed the man's nose with a samurai sword. Todd Clark, who's 51, tried to smack his relative with a cane, but stumbled and struck his sister instead. Police report that he then grabbed the samurai sword and sliced a two-inch gash in his brother-in-law's nose. Ouch, I would say. Ouch. Who has samurai swords around their house? My gosh. All right. Another story from Pennsylvania. The headline for this one. Fake teen in court. Fake teen in court. We learn that a judge... Recently dropped one charge against a 23-year-old Ukrainian man, a 23-year-old Ukrainian man, accused of faking his age while attending a Pennsylvania high school. However, author Samarian, an honor student who passed himself off as 19, still awaits a hearing on other charges including identity theft, conspiracy, tampering with public records, and what else? Having sex with an underage girl. Yeah, that's what I say, too. A fake teen in court, huh? All right. We have this last full story. It's from Russia, folks. The headline, Small Wonder. That's the headline, Small Wonder. Personally, I'd add the word ouch. Here's the story. A Russian man lopped off his best friend's penis with an axe after their penis measuring contest. The two middle-aged men had been binge drinking when they pulled out their members and a measuring tape to settle an argument about whose was the longest. The smaller man, then in a rage, sliced off his friend's member so much for friendship. This isn't really funny, but it's just stupid. (laughs) All right, folks. Okay. Those are the, those are the dumb. Okay. I got it. We got it. We, um, that's all I have for the dumb news podcast section of the show, but you know, I've got some. Some little news tidbits here that my research assistant sent me. You didn't hear the facts going off because she sent them before the show started. Here's a pros and cons. It's a Quinnipiac poll about our new president, Donald Trump. The Quinnipiac Quinnipiac poll says that 55% of the people polled say that President Trump is not honest. 58% say he is intelligent. 55% say he doesn't have good leadership skills. And 44% approve of his handling terrorism. Another 55% say he doesn't care about the average American. And 63 say that he isn't level-headed. Finally, 60% say he doesn't share their values. All right. The peanut gallery seems to go along with this. All right, peanut gallery. I've got more tidbits here. Here's one with a good heading. The headline said, a moving violation. It was one of the more unusual calls the California Highway Patrol has received. Someone reported seeing a cow trying to climb out of a small car parked alongside an interstate. Officers responding along a mountain pass in Southern California's Riverside County discovered a calf trying to escape from a Honda Civic's open trunk. Another calf was crammed into the, f- the floor of the back seat. Both calves' hooves were tied. Investigators are trying to locate the owner of the calves in the car that was reported stolen. Meanwhile, the calves will be cared for in a local ranch. Thank heavens. Who was this? Were these cattle wrestlers? Rustlers, rather? This seems silly. Well, if you think that was silly, what about this one? The headline. Eel gang slips up. Authorities have dismantled a network smuggling live eels from Europe to China. This is according to the European Union police. Spanish and Greek authorities have arrested 17 people and confiscated two metric tons of eels worth $2.1 million, as well as 1 million euros in cash, gold bars, and luxury vehicles, according to the police. I didn't know that eels were worth that much. What about you? Okay, here's another one. The headline, Big Rash of Diaper Thefts. Two Wisconsin men stand accused of stealing 100,000 diapers From a charitable organization, nearly 1,800 cases of diapers valued at $45,000 were stolen during several thefts between January 3rd and February 13th at a warehouse in Fox Crossing, Wisconsin. Police have arrested a 42-year-old Appleton man and a 52-year-old Nina man, both of whom were former employees of the group. Aha, an inside job. All right. All right. Fox, um, Fox Crossing police say that it appears that the suspects plan to sell the diapers, but it isn't known how much they stood to gain financially. Well, stay tuned, folks. We may find out later. These are our news tidbits for right now. We're going to take a break. Stay with us. I have more for you. This is Leonard Birdsong. We're on the Leonard Birdsong radio show. No fake news here, but some funny news and some interesting information for you. Dave, set up that music for us.
2: It's a new year. You're probably making resolutions again, right? Time to find a better job, improve your relationships and fix your finances. Well, Consumer Debt Counselors is the company that will help you get out of debt. Consumer Debt Counselors is a licensed accredited nonprofit agency that specializes in educating people about credit and debt and helping people resolve issues with debt, even student loan debt. There are so many federal regulations. Most people have more options than they realize and Consumer debt counselors can uncover all of your eligible solutions, including lowering your payment or getting out of default. If you want a partner that will work with you to achieve financial success, talk to the team at Consumer Debt Counselors. They have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating, so these guys are the real deal. Your first consultation is free, and all sessions are kept confidential. Give them a call at 1-800-820-9232, or go to ConsumerDebtCounselors.org slash Birdsong. The number again is 800-820-9232.
0: Although he's been involved in serious criminal law work over the years as a prosecutor, a defense attorney, and a law professor, Leonard Birdsong knows that it's good to stay grounded. That means not always taking criminal law so seriously and instead just having a good laugh at some dumb criminals and their dumber crimes. Several years ago, he began to collect and compile weird and funny criminal law stories. He shares some of them weekly on his Talk Zone internet radio program. And now you can read more... Of them yourself in one of his 14 humor books. He has two book series Professor Birdsong's Dumbest Criminal Law Stories and Professor Birdsong's Weird Criminal Law Stories. They're available for purchase in either paperback or Kindle edition by going to the author link on the homepage at LeonardBirdsong.com. Leonard knows that you'll get a few good laughs or at least a few chuckles from his collections of dumb and weird criminal law stories. Check them out for yourself by going to the author link at leonardbirdsong.com. Welcome back to Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com.
1: Yes, it is Leonard Birdsong back with you on Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone. I'm here every Thursday from 1 until 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time in the United States. You can listen to me 24-7 because there will be repeats of the show on the Talk Zone website. I talk about a lot of things. I was a lawyer, I was a diplomat, I was a federal prosecutor, and I was also in private practice later on in life, where I had my own practice. I represented people who had been committed or accused of crimes, but also I represented a lot of people who had asylum claims, that is, that they were fleeing persecution. Here's a story. About a case that I was in. It's called the strange asylum case of Miss Z. In the late nineties, about 1997, before I left my private law practice in Washington DC to teach at the Berry University School of Law, I was approached by a new potential client. I will call her Miss Z. Miss C had arrived in the United States a week earlier from Germany. She told me she needed a lawyer. Here's why. Miss Z had obtained a visa from one of our American consulates in Germany, allowing her to travel to the United States as a tourist. Upon arriving at the port of entry in Washington DC, she told the immigration officials that she did not really come to the United States to be a tourist. Instead, she asked that the officials, she asked the officials to grant her asylum in the United States. The inspectors were surprised and detained her for an interview. In order to gain asylum in the United States, one must prove to the immigration authorities that the person has been persecuted in their home country or have a well-founded fear of persecution on account of race, religion, nationality, political opinion, or one standing in a particular social group. Miss Z had been put in detention for several days while they investigated her case. After hearing their story, which I'll relate a bit later, the inspectors found that she might have a credible claim for asylum. They released her on her own recognizance and gave her a notice to appear in immigration court on a date three weeks away. They also gave her a lawyer's list provided by the U.S. State Department in Washington, D.C. This is a list of lawyers in the District of Columbia who might represent indigent asylum seekers for little or no money. Because, been, because it begins with a B, my name, birdsong, was at the top of the list. Miss Z sought me out at my office. I learned that Miss Z had been in the U.S. week and had less than $900 and was staying at the Washington, D.C. YWCA. That's the Young Women's Christian Association. She spoke fairly good English and very good German. She was a small woman with a lot of black curly hair. I thought her to be somewhat attractive in a gypsy sort of way. She was surprised to learn that I spoke some German and had been previously stationed in Hamburg, Germany, as a U.S. State Department officer. We talked. She said that she wanted me to represent her in immigration court. I told her she did not have enough money for my representation. She demanded. I refused. However, I listened to her case. Miss Z was actually a citizen of romania she had fled romania in the early 1990s when the communist government of romania collapsed she had worked at the romanian national museum as a cataloger she had obtained her education and her job because she had joined the communist party when a teenager when the communists got out were out of power she feared there might be reprisals and she fled to germany After being there 18 months, Germany actually granted her asylum and gave her what's called a laissez-passer, or travel document, that permitted her to travel outside of Germany. She had learned to speak German. She had gotten a job cleaning houses and tried to keep a low profile. However, she did attend several rallies protesting the rise of neo-Nazi groups, basically skinheads, in Germany. Now, um, people noticed her, and many of these skinheads taunted her, claiming she must be a Jew for attending such a rally. She was not Jewish. Nevertheless, she was frightened by these skinhead thugs. To make a long story short, over the next few months, groups of skinheads continued to taunt her when she left her apartment and while she was at work. She went to her landlord, she went to the police, they could not do anything to help her. The thoughts, the taunts continued, but she was never physically accosted. However, her tormentors started taunting her by calling her a Stauffenberg. Count von Stauffenberg was the German military officer who attempted to assassinate Hitler near the end of World War II with a bomb. Miss C decided she must leave Germany for her own protection. She flew to the United States and sought asylum. Now, she had very little money. She offered to work for me in my office as a free paralegal over the weeks until the hearing if I would represent her. Unfortunately, I relented and did let her work for me as a paralegal for the weeks leading up to her immigration court. However... Uh, I had gained asylum grants for 19 clients before this case and had won all 19 cases I had taken to trial. However, I told Ms. Z that she didn't have a good chance of winning because her case involved concepts known as political opinion, imputed political opinion, and mixed motive asylum claims. These types of cases are among the most difficult cases and one can expect to gain asylum for a client. I also told her that the best thing I may be able to get for her is what's known as voluntary departure. Now, that's a discretionary form of relief that an immigration judge may grant that will avoid deportation and allow the asylum claimant to leave the U.S. at his or her own expense. Now, the day of the hearing, as I surmised, the hearing did not go well. We had drawn the toughest immigration judge on the entire court. The judge listened to my proffer, that is what I showed, what I indicated the evidence would show, of what Mrs. Z's evidence would show as she went to trial. To say that the judge was befuddled and a bit amused would be an understatement. The judge had before her a a Romanian citizen who had already been granted asylum in Germany who was fleeing Germany because she was allegedly being persecuted by neo-Nazis who thought she was Jewish when she wasn't Jewish. And she had the fortune to find the first lawyer on the lawyer's list given her an African-American who actually spoke German. Who knew? (laughs) The judge suggested that I might ask for another form of relief other than asylum. And I promptly requested that the judge grant Miss Z voluntary departure from the United States within 60 days. To my great surprise, the judge did just that. To my greater surprise, the judge did not miss, ask Miss Z to provide Bond to show that she would leave as expected. Instead, the toughest judge on the court continued Miss Z's release on personal recognizance. Miss Z and I took a taxi back to my office where she collected her belongings, thanked me, and left. I never made a dime on the case, and I've never seen nor heard from her since. However, I've often wondered whether she really ever voluntarily left the United States. It's my assumption that with her gumption and brashness, she's still living in the States and probably married to an American citizen. Stranger things have happened. That's the story of the strange asylum case of Miss Z, a lady that I represented in about 1997. Got her, didn't get her asylum, but did get her voluntary departure. We're coming up uh, on a new portion of the show after our next break. We're going to talk to Priscilla Richardson. She has written a book called Speak, Don't Freak, The Secrets of Mastering the Fear of Public Speaking. The reason I wanted her to come on is that she knows a lot about public speaking, and I know a lot of people have a fear of public speaking, and uh, I want to talk to her about her new book. She's a very interesting person. She is, in fact, a lawyer as well as a speaker and one who teaches about speaking. She has written me some interesting things about her. She said as a teenager, when looking forward to career, she thought maybe being a courtesan in Paris, giving smashing parties along the lines of Violetta, the main character in Verdi's La Traviata might work, but her lack of a superb singing voice was quite a drawback. However, she did get a degree from the University of Virginia Law School. She's practiced law. She speaks professionally and she's going to talk to us. Dave, why don't you take us out and we'll come back to her after this next break. Stay with us. You're on Talk Zone with Leonard Burtz on Leonard Burtz on radio.
2: It's a new year. You're probably making resolutions again, right? Time to find a better job, improve your relationships, and fix your finances. Well, Consumer Debt Counselors is the company that will help you get out of debt. Consumer Debt Counselors is a licensed, accredited, nonprofit agency that specializes in educating people about credit and debt and helping people resolve issues with debt, even student loan debt. There are so many federal regulations. Most people have more options than they realize, and Consumer debt counselors can uncover all of your eligible solutions, including lowering your payment or getting out of default. If you want a partner that will work with you to achieve financial success, talk to the team at Consumer Debt Counselors. They have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating, so these guys are the real deal. Your first consultation is free, and all sessions are kept confidential. Give them a call at 1-800-820-9232, or go to ConsumerDebtCounselors.org slash Birdsong. The number again is 800-820-9232.
0: Are you considering law school? Then you probably have tons of questions about the application process, the admissions process, the benefits of a legal career, and what it takes to succeed in law school. You'll find the answers to these questions and more in Professor Birdsong's Law School Guide, Techniques for Choosing and Applying to Law School. Inside, you'll find helpful chapters on the history of the lawyer, why you should apply to law school, things you need to know about applying, and more. You have the ability and the Drive. Now, get the advice that will guide you into the legal profession by helping you successfully submit your application to the law school of your choice. Professor Birdsong's award-winning law school guide, Techniques for Choosing and Applying to Law School. Available for purchase on Amazon.com or through the author link at LeonardBirdsong.com. Now, back to Professor Birdsong for more Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com.
1: Yes, world, well, this is Leonard Birdsong on Leonard Birdsong Radio. Happy to still be with you. As you know, I don't take callers, but um, you can email me at lbirdsong22 at gmail dot com if you have comments about the show. Write to me. I'll read what you say and I will talk about it on the radio. Right now, I'm trying to see if Priscilla Richardson is here with us. Priscilla, are you there? Oh, thank you for having me. I gave you a little introduction before our last little break there. We know that uh, you have a degree from law, a degree in law from the Virginia Law School, you practice law, you are a writer, a speaker, and you have spent a lot of time overcoming your fear of speaking and now set out to help others with their own fear. Yeah. Now, one okay. of the reasons I wanted to talk to you, and I, I think so. I told you this, my own father was not much of a professional. He had an accounting background, and he liked to work in his church. He did lay work, and um, he had to give a talk to the congregation two or three times a year. He always lost his voice (laughs) just before he had to give the talk. We all sort of laughed at it, but now you tell me that this is a real reaction that some people have, the fear of speaking. Is that right?
3: Yes, yes, I mean, anytime you're, you're afraid, I don't suppose anybody's ever threatened you with a gun, (laughs) and it it was about to murder you, but I suspect then you would have also lost your voice. That's the same thing. (laughs) Uh, That's the very same thing. Terror. You can be terror, terrified of somebody trying to kill you. You can be terrified of having to stand up in front of a group of people. Yes.
1: It seems that a lot of people have this fear of speaking. Now, I've, I've never had it because I'm a natural ham, okay? I like okay. to speak. I like to talk to people. I like to be a lawyer and all of that. But um, you tell us, and I want you to tell me more about it, you say there's more to conquering the fear of public speaking than just getting over it. What do you mean by that?
3: Well, if you take the advice that some people give you, which is just to do it, they say, you know, that's too bad, just the fact that you're absolutely wretchedly miserable. Uh, just do it anyway. <laughs> well, I don't like that. That's n- never been my, my plan of life. And so I think the first thing you have to do is learn a little something about speaking. You have to learn to breathe from your diaphragm so that your brain does not stop working. And that can be a terrifying thing, just in itself, if your brain stops working when you 're in the middle of 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 something that you 're presenting to somebody, and uh, the way to prevent that is to breathe from your diaphragm and keep of course keep calm because you are breathing from your diaphragm but the mm-hmm. most important most important thing is to have a reason to speak to know that you are going to help somebody that your right. your words are going to be like manna in the wilderness to them
1: and <laughs> i like when, that so you know how do we, you keep your audience's interest do you well, use big you can, words do you no no, no say no, no, something no no, no, no. Do you tell a no, joke don't, don't use
3: big words and don't tell jokes the reason why telling jokes doesn't work is that re- telling jokes successfully requires a great deal of practice as well as talent. And it never works. I have been to speeches where the jokes have just gone <laughs> oh down down to the basement. They've been so heavily laden. But, um, uh, and, and people who, who are going to speak say, oh, I'm afraid they'll laugh at me. No, they won't. The worst thing that will happen to you is that, that nobody laughs at you. Uh, it's, it's almost impossible to get people to laugh who
1: don't as a man, want to laugh. As a laugh. matter of fact, they're glad they're not up there speaking. That's why they're not going to laugh because they're yes. glad that they're not in that position, right?
3: Right, right. And they're terrified for you anyway. If they can tell that you're terrified, they're terrified. So, um, no, the thing is to fi- figure out what your audience really wants. Maybe maybe not necessarily needs to hear. Sometimes people don't want to hear what they need to hear, but what they want to hear. Um mm-hmm. uh, if you for instance your commercial about going to law school. Well, people yep. who are going to law school really want to know how do I get in? Okay.
1: And that's why yeah. I wrote the book.
3: <laughs> exactly. There you go. You see now when you give that speech to somebody interested in going to law school, you've immediately got them in the palm of your hand, and all you have to do is be factual. Well, maybe being clever is good, too, but being factual is best, and uh, appeal to what they want to know. Do I have to do this? Do I have to do that? Uh, and when should I do it? And right. And how do I go about it? Uh, 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 and these are the questions that people want the answers to, and so they they will listen to you.
1: All right. Well, now talking about books, you wrote a book called Speak Don't Freak, subtitle Secrets of Mastering the Fear of Public Speaking, demystifying yes. or demystifying the tricks of the public speaking trade, and it provides valuable information or invaluable information. So. Let me see, you started out doing this because you had a fear of speaking. Tell us a little about that.
3: Uh, That's where I got the word terror that leapt in my (laughs) mind immediately. Yes, I was terrified. In the eighth grade, I was at the top of my class, and uh, nobody else was dumb enough to uh, volunteer. I said, okay, I'll do it. Uh, They wanted somebody to give a speech. And, and never having any idea what was what was involved, and the terror that crept up on me beforehand was just unbelievable. And so after that, I decided either I was never going to speak to anybody before, again, or I would do something about it. And so I decided to, to do something about it. And that consisted of practicing in various ways. The first, first thing I did was when I hit high school, uh, of course after eighth grade you hit high school, uh, was, uh, do debate, uh, debate team work. Right. And, and that was interesting because it kept my, first of all worrying about what the next question would be, kept my mind off my fear. And uh, trying to figure out the answer, trying to figure out the the strategy uh, uh, kept me kept me going and then, after a while, after doing this for a couple of years, I realized i wasn 't terrified the way I was the first time I was still afraid, but i wasn 't terrified there 's a difference between being afraid and being terrified
1: yeah, because you can get used to doing something and you can do it uh, proficiently without being ecstatic about doing it
3: yes 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 you can and and uh when it's a question also of whether you're going to get an a in a course or not (laughs) you have a little additional incentive and i wanted to get into college i didn't really think i wanted to go to college but it turned out i did (laughs) really want to and i was glad i had those good grades and i did i got into college and then law school
1: and a very good law school as a matter of fact now let me ask you this I know, you know, your book is available on Amazon.com, Speak, Don't Freak. I've read it. It's a short read, but a very valuable read. It has six steps to what you can do. Most people aren't going to go out and be speaking to juries and things like that. But what about people in the business world? I think your book is probably aimed more at people who may have to make presentations at their job and that sort of thing. Tell us about that.
3: Well, that's that's really where the rubber hits the road, to use a good cliche, because uh, when you're speaking before your boss or where your boss can hear about it, uh, you have everything at stake, like uh, your livelihood, which is very important. And so, um, and in a commercial situation, you want to persuade people, and of course, people who can persuade people. Are good salespeople. Now, right. salespeople talk about not about themselves, but again, they do what I said—the very first thing—they say what people want to know about. In other words, if you're thinking of buying a uh, uh, a hydraulic gizmo, you don't want <laughs> to know how many gears the gizmo has. What you want <laughs> to know is what the gizmo can do for you. Exactly. How it can help you. Can it make your life easier? Can it make your job faster or uh, give you better results. And so you have to change your focus around to what do people want to hear.
1: Mm-hmm. So what kind of speaking, public speaking, do you do, Priscilla?
3: Uh, anything that I'm called upon to do um I don't know. I've I've done a lot of church speaking, too. I preach Mm -hmm. on occasion, uh, uh, and uh, I'm not very good at that. But uh, that's a lack of knowledge, not a lack of of desire. And then, um, um, I don't know. I can't even remember the last speech I gave. I guess it was preaching. um,
1: You give several speeches a year, though, don't you?
3: Oh, yes, yes. It seems like there's always the occasion for it. And then there's another there's another kind of speaking, which is when you've done something or not done something and you're being interviewed, not not by you, of course, you're you're. Uh, um, very easy to talk to, but you're being interviewed by somebody who is not really all that interested in hearing what, what you have to say. <laughs> and you have to, you have to, you have to work your way around that. You know, if, uh, if, you're, if you're doing something, uh, with maybe perhaps a political bent, then you've got to figure out how to make it so people don't instantly decide that they've got to kill you.
1: Well, we won't go into politics here because there's a lot of people who might want to kill me. But at any rate, speaking (laughs) is important. You know, reading the book, you you had a hint in there. I've seldom had trouble with dry mouth. Every now and then it might happen to me. But you told me or you wrote about the technique, don't drink a lot of water or soda. Basically, you should put the tip of your tongue at the behind your front teeth. And I tried it, and it seems to work. How did you come up with this? I'd never heard of that before.
3: Uh, a speech pathologist told me that. In other words, my now deceased husband told me that.
1: Well, think, it seems it seems to work.
3: Yes, yes, it does work. And and uh, of course, w- another thing is if you drink a lot of, of carbonated beverage, you're going to come up with a mighty, mighty loud burp as <laughs> <laughs> you're speaking with a microphone that can be really really bad that so don't don't laugh.
1: drink carbonated beverages beverages before you speak huh
3: yes yes that's a good rule yes yes i think it's in the book too
1: yeah i did read about that now how how do you get people to come to you you say you teach about speaking do you advertise this
3: no, people just know. Uh, I used to be in the National Speakers, uh, organization and I got a lot of requests to speak from that. And, uh, now I am sort of taking it easy and not, not worrying about getting another, another speaking job. Uh, so it just happens. I mean, you know, sometimes, sometimes life has a way of happening when you're not looking.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. That it does. That it really does. Sometimes life takes you where you don't want to be. Sometimes the Lord has something in store for you that you never thought about. Well, listen, I want you to stay with us a little bit more. We're going to have to take a pause for the cause here, Priscilla. I've got a couple more questions for you. Can you stay with us?
3: Oh, sure. Yeah.
1: All right. Then we'll be right back with you, Dave. Let's take her out for just a moment and we'll come back.
2: It's a new year. You're probably making resolutions again, right? Time to find a better job, improve your relationships, and fix your finances. Well, Consumer Debt Counselors is the company that will help you get out of debt. Consumer Debt Counselors is a licensed, accredited, nonprofit agency that specializes in educating people about credit and debt and helping people resolve issues with debt. Even student loan debt. There are so many federal regulations. Most people have more options than they realize, and Consumer Debt Counselors can uncover all of your eligible solutions, including lowering your payment or getting out of default. If you want a partner that will work with you to achieve financial success, talk to the team at Consumer Debt Counselors. They have an a Better Business Bureau rating, so these guys are the real deal. Your first consultation is free and all sessions are kept confidential. Give them a call at 1-800-820-9232 or go to consumerdebtcounselors.org slash birdsong. The number again is 800-820-9232.
0: You're listening to Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com. Here's Professor Birdsong.
1: Yes, this is Professor Burt Song back with you here. I have a guest today, Priscilla Richardson. She is a speaker, a lawyer. She's written a book called Speak, Don't Freak. It's on Amazon.com. It's a good read if you're interested in speaking. Priscilla, are you still with us?
3: Oh, yes, I'm here. Talking about jobs, which your commercial just did, uh, that's something that most people, at the time, when most people would need speak speaking uh, ability because you, you're you there in front of the one person or sometimes the two people who will make the difference, will you get hired or not, and you have to speak up to show yes. what it is that you can offer. And again, no, you don't tell them how wonderful you are, although, of course, a little bit, but you tell them mostly how wonderful you will do in the, in the job for them, how how happy they will be to have you on the job.
1: Mm-hmm. So when you when someone has to speak, maybe to the boss or to the church, how do you want? or How does one prepare? How, do you do research uh, on your your the group or what you have to oh, yes. uh, talk yeah. about?
3: Yeah, you should research the person you're going to be and uh, be talking to. Um, if you're talking to a group of of engineers, you had better talk about bottom line kinds of things. Engineers aren't interested in process so much as results.
1: <laughs> yes, when right.
3: When you're talking to a bunch of lawyers, I don't know how to get them to pay attention.
1: <laughs> but, but when <laughs> like you're talking, herding, like herding cats, huh?
3: Yes, right. When you're when you're talking to r- real people, though, find out what they're interested in. Um, it's easy for me when I go to preach' because I know they're interested in the Bible they want to learn more uh and uh they're not going to pay any attention uh if uh it doesn't doesn't uh thrill them all they want to do is learn and so you 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 need to know who your audience is going to be what what they want to get out of whatever you're you're offering
1: right right and now let's get back to you got them you've done your research how do you keep their interest you say telling jokes probably is not going to do it but what about you know do you put passion into it do you do you put uh, I don't know love into it how do you keep yeah. their interest
3: passion is and love are very good this is what I'm using with you I'm trying to keep your interest with with some sort of of, of uh, intellectual passion towards you, and there 's nothing better than passion on your subject. If you are passionate about it, even something that seems dull uh, now some people would think giving safety lectures is dull, but there are people who've conquered this this handily because they know how important a, a lecture on safety is. It means that the audience is going to live. To to listen to them another day, and yeah. and, and they they really are into it. Uh, they could 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 make it very very dull, and they could see people falling asleep. But as a matter of fact, I've been in safety lectures where people were about to fall asleep.
1: <laughs> yeah, but, right. I have too.
3: <laughs> but but when it's done right, when it's done with passion. For, with interest for keeping the people in the audience safe and well, then that's a completely different thing and the audience will get, catch on to that.
1: Mm-hmm. Alright, well look, I know that you like opera. I do too. Uh, I know the character of Violetta and I've heard, <laughs> seen the opera La Traviata many times. Uh, sorry you couldn't make it on the singing. Thing.
3: <laughs> yes. I, I thought that would be an ideal career to be a, a Parisian courtesan. It didn't sound like hard work to give a bunch of parties <laughs> and, then, and then go to them. But then it turns out, if you're going to do that, you have to be able to sound uh, better than Joan Sutherland or, or, or any of these other great ladies of the stage. And I can I can barely squeak out the national anthem. So I realized <laughs> that was hot for me.
1: <laughs> well, look, I know that i I'm going to have to let you go but I'm going to ask about one of the things they used to to tell me about you know if you have stage fright or something like that think about your audience sitting there in their underwear that should make you laugh and give you confidence what do you think about that you've heard I, that I'm sure
3: Yeah that I, I, I tried it once or twice and it took my mind off whatever I was trying to get together to tell them that's that's a disconcerting notion <laughs> Uh, I mean, you can if you want to, but uh I don't think it's any particular help. I think what i 'm telling you is much more help uh to concentrate on what people want and need to hear and to concentrate on your breathing your di- breathing from your diaphragm not your chest now right. your right. diaphragm your All diaphragm right. your diaphragm keeps your voice smooth it keeps your brain working and uh gives you the push to keep on going and uh that 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 is most most thing most speeches we're delivering are not so life or death that uh uh Something awful will happen if we take a a pause, you know, a a stop for a second or two. As a matter of fact, that's perfectly all right. I've heard lots of speakers who speak so fast that people's brains don't have time to catch up.
1: Yes, I I, I, I know just what you're talking about. Listen, this has got to be my last question. What do you think is an optimum time for a good speech? Is it 20 minutes, 40 minutes, an hour? What do you think?
3: It's what people want. If people are so engrossed in your topic, I can imagine people who want to go to law school, get into a law school, they don't have any idea how to go about it. They're going to want to listen to your speech for an all, almost an hour because they're so enthralled. They really, really want to know. Now, if you're going to talk to, um, to an average person who thinks that this is a lot of a uh, fooey, who would want to be a lawyer anyway? <laughs> 20 minutes for them would be way, way, way too much. So it depends on the, on the audience and on the topic. And so when you've got a good topic that really appeals to your audience, you can go on and on and on, as indeed I have, and nobody complained. And then, uh, the other, other way, when you're talking to people who are not that, that thrilled, Stop as soon
1: as you can. Okay. Oh, Priscilla Richardson, thank you so much for being with uh, me on the Leonard Birdsong Radio Show. The book is Speak, Don't Freak. It's on Amazon.com. It's a good read if you're interested in speaking. Thank you so much for being with us, okay?
3: Oh, thank you for having me, Leonard. I've appreciated it muchly.
1: All right. We'll talk again sometime, okay? You're you're a great mm-hmm. conversationalist.
3: Uh, yes, Yes, yes,
1: we are, together. Yes, the two of us. All right, then. Well, so much. uh, We're coming to the end of the show. Uh, Thank you very much to Priscilla Richardson, her book, Speak, Don't Freak. I am going to end my show with some riddles. Some people out there really like the riddles that I come up with, and I'm glad to hear that. Here is one. You may have heard this. The question What did one eye say to the other? What did one eye say to the other? You probably heard that. The other eye said between you and me something smells around here. (laughs) Get it? Between you and me something between us smells around here. Okay, all right. All right, here is another one. What do you call someone, okay, all right, let me get the riddles out here. That's the peanut gallery, they're going crazy with this. When the dog swallowed a firefly, what did he do? The riddle. When the dog swallowed a firefly, what did he do? Think about it for a moment now. When the dog swallowed a firefly, he barked with delight. He barked with delight. (laughs) It's really not that funny. Here's another one. What do you call someone who's afraid of Santa Claus? What do you call someone who's afraid of Santa? Well, you would call him a claustrophobic, wouldn't you? I don't think that was that funny, peanut gallery. All right. couple more, and I'm going to have to leave you for this week. What do you call a grizzly bear with no teeth? What do you call a grizzly bear with no teeth? Think about it. You got it? What would you call a grizzly bear with no teeth? You call him a gummy bear. Get it, a gummy bear? All right. All right. What do you do with a sick wasp? What do you do with a sick wasp? You send it to a hospital, right? Send it to a waspital. All right. The very last one of the day, and I'm going to have to go out. Why do vampires brush their teeth? Think about it. Why do vampires brush their teeth? Well, they brush their teeth to stop bat breath. Vampires brush their teeth to stop bat breath. All right, the peanut gallery is having too much fun here, folks. This is Leonard Birdsong. This is Leonard Birdsong Radio. I'm here with you on Thursdays from 1 until 2 Eastern Standard Time, but you can listen to me 24-7 on TalkZoneRadio.com. I'll be back with you next week with some more dumb criminal law news, riddles, a story, some news tidbits. Until then, you can listen to me all you want, twenty four seven, on Talk Zone Radio. You can read my blog, www.birdsongslaw.com. You can even go to my website, find out more about me, leonardbirdsong.com, and you can email me at lbirdsong22. At gmail.com. It's been a pleasure being with you. I'll be back next week. Dave, take me out. Let's hear the music.